Hello and welcome from Mount Pleasant Baptist Church. This podcast you're about to hear was recorded at our Kublup campus. So sit back, relax, and enjoy what God has to say to you. We continue in our series on uh, Open to the Spirit, but before we do that, um, same announcement is going to be made at uh, the Burgoon campus. Um, a couple of months ago, in fact, at the end of last year, uh, Nick Scott and Simon Ford met with um, the Thornley Baptist Church leaders. Uh, their church is, ha- has not been doing too well, and they felt that because we are going independent, hopefully by the end of the month, uh, if all paperwork is done in time uh, and back and forth to government and all the rest, but you know we're going independent very, very soon. So they felt that the Lord was saying to them that maybe they can take on uh, Thornley Baptist Church. And uh, so that's what they're going to be doing. So it was voted on last Sunday that uh, they will all, that church will close down. And then for two months in June and July, uh, they will attend Mount Pleasant Baptist Church. They'll get a bus and they'll all go to Mount Pleasant Baptist Church. And then from August, uh, they will reopen Thornley Baptist Church as a campus of Mount Pleasant Baptist Church. So that's got nothing to do with us, but just to inform you that that's taking place. Okay. Open to the virtues of the Spirit is what we want to uh, speak about today. We know that God created us in His own image. Uh, Not that we look exactly like God, but that we are created in His image. And God is triune, hence the word trinity. And if you see in that next slide there, there's a kind of this connection, if you like, uh, between God and ourselves. We know that God is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And so we are trichotomous. We are body, soul, and spirit. Our bodies uh, are for this earth below where we are connected, uh, you know, to the physical realm. Our souls is how we're connected to one another. And then our spirit is how we are connected to God. Uh, some believe in, uh, in being dichotomous, a body, you know, and then the rest. Uh, but uh, from our understanding, we, we, it seems like we are also trichotomous. Tri mean three, uh, because God created us this way. Um, if you look at how the temple was designed uh, in that next slide, we see that, that uh, it's also divided into three parts. There is uh, the outer court where everybody was able to go. There was also the inner court where basically the priests were able to go and you were able to uh, offer sacrifices or, or the priests would offer sacrifices on behalf of the people. But then there is the Holy of Holies, which the high priest would go into once a year, once a year. And so we have those three different sections uh, there in the the way the worship was designed through the temple. Uh, We know that God created us in his image. And we read in Genesis chapter 2 verse 7 that God breathed uh, into his nostrils the breath of or the spirit of life uh, into Adam. 
the breath or the spirit of life. Uh, now, we are different to animals. I've got a picture of my little dog, uh, Penny. Uh, her full name is uh, Penelope Joy Christophides. You know, um, you know, when you take her to the vet, what is the patient's name? You know, Penelope Joy Christophides. You know, she's a Christian, hence her middle name. No, but... Uh, you, you know, and as you as you realize that we are created in the image of God, when God breathed, that word breathed in the Hebrew means divine inspiration. God breathed life into Adam, and that same life uh, you and I can have. But unfortunately, we know that sin entered into the world, and there was a, a schism between God and humanity. Uh, and, and we know that the cross of Calvary uh, was very important because that's where Jesus was able to uh, give of himself and give his life to reconcile us back to the Father. And so uh, that intimacy with God, with God was lost. But now we are able to have that intimacy with God again, different to the way our dog or any other animal has on this earth. In fact, the French philosopher Blaise Pascal says it this way. What else does this craving and this helplessness proclaim but there was once in a man a true happiness of which all that now remains is the empty print and trace. This he tries in vain to fill with everything around him, though none can help, since this infinite abyss can be filled only with an infinite and unchangeable object. In other words, by God himself. Uh, I think Isaac Newton said that there is a God-shaped vacuum within each and every one of us that only God can fill. The great theologian Augustine uh, said it this way, Lord, you've made us for yourself, and our hearts are restless until they find rest in you. Our hearts are restless until they find rest in you. And the problem is that people are running around from pillar to post, trying to find rest in everything else except the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, we try and find it in drugs, in alcohol, uh, in debauchery, in everything apart from God himself. And then when we come to the end of our senses, then we find rest in him. The great theologian G.K. Chesterton said, when people cease to believe in God, they do not believe in nothing. They believe in anything. They estimate that there are about 33,000 religions in the world. Different religions. Five or six major religions, but 33,000 different ones. We know that even in Christianity, there are over 30,000 Christian denominations. We do it this way, somebody else does it a different way, and so there is a, a, a difference there. We're going to see a clip now to see how Religion has changed in our own country from 1880 to just last year. And I want you to begin to observe how no religion begins to climb in the last 30 years. And how no religion becomes pretty dominant. Now folk, and I'll say this carefully as a forewarned is forearmed. Because if we don't get in tune with the spirit and constantly stay close to the things of God, before we know it, we are like everybody else. You see, the purpose or the design of a boat is to be in the water. 
when water is in the boat, that's disaster. And there's a big difference between design and disaster. Let's have a look at this clip. Let's see uh, what it has to give us. Folks, it's interesting how just over time things can change. And all you need to do to move away from God is nothing. Let me say that again. All you need to do to move away from God is nothing. I want to share with you about the awesomeness of who God is and how we can stay in tune with Him. Because you find many, many people today, uh, they say, you know, uh, I'm very spiritual, but I'm not religious. So what do you believe in? Well, you know, I'm spiritual. I don't have to go to church, you know, to, uh, to be a Christian, you know, but I am spiritual, but I'm not religious. That sounds a little bit confused in my opinion. But how can we know that we know? Well, 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 to 24. Rejoice always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Do not quench the spirit. Do not treat prophecies with contempt, but test them all. Hold on to what is good. Reject every kind of evil. May God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. The one who calls you is faithful, and he will do it. Madonna sang, and I won't sing it, um, Madonna sang, We live in a material world, and I am a material girl. Well, I want to suggest to you that we live in a spiritual universe and we are spiritual beings. We aren't spirits, but we uh, have the spirit within us. Jesus said, God is spirit in, and his worshipers must worship in spirit and truth. And that was in John 4, 24. We know that when we read the Bible, when there is a capital S, it's speaking about the Holy Spirit. When there is a small s, it's speaking about our spirit. For example, in Romans 8.16, it says the spirit, capital S, testifies, the spirit himself testifies with our spirit, small s, that we are God's children. And as we begin to realize who we are in Christ, how do we keep that intimacy connected to God. In English, we have eight beautiful gold nuggets that you can find uh, in the Greek. It's divided into four categories. And I want to share those four categories with you. Uh, keys to, to staying connected to the Spirit. Keys to staying intimate with God. Not just to have a relationship with Him, but to be intimate with God Himself. Number one, keep rejoicing, praying, and being thankful. And we read that in verses 16 to 18, where, where Paul writes and he says, be joyful always. You see, if you look at the context of the church in Thessalonica, they all re realize that the Lord is returning, so they go into the hills. And Paul writes to them, he says, no, come back to the city and live among yourselves, but this is how you should live. Be joyful, he says. Uh, uh, pray continue, uh, continually. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. 
the number one question that most pastors get is, what is the will of God for my life? Well, Paul tells us quite clearly what it is here. And we want more from God, but we can't even do these things well. And he says, listen, uh, joy, have, be joyful always. Uh, and that, you know, it's the shortest verse in the New Testament. We think it's uh, John chapter 11 where Jesus wept. Well, in the Greek, it's three words. In this is two words. At all times, all times, all times, be grateful. Why? Because God is in control of our lives. In my quiet time recently, uh, the author has been talking about, you know, when, when you realize that uh, when you're not grateful, then you're actually saying, God, I'm not uh, really confident that you are in control of my life. Because, God, you've lost control. What Bette Midler would sing, from a distance, God is watching us. No, God is intimately involved in our lives all the time. Therefore, realize that and rejoice, uh, is what Paul is saying. Realize and be grateful for what God has done because His grace is present in our lives. You know, it, it's a huge thing. It's a huge thing. And then he says, you know, have this joy. Folks, there's a difference between joy and happiness. Happiness comes with, you know, delicious eats, as you can see. You know, I'm a very happy person. It, it's, that's, and it's circumstantial because when that food is gone, then you don't feel so happy anymore. In fact, you feel terrible. But when the food is back there, then it's all good. But joy is my position in the Lord Jesus Christ. And as I realize that, it doesn't mean I've got a smile on my face 24-7, but as I realize the presence of God in my life, I am able to say, praise God. He says also that we are to pray continually. It doesn't mean that we're constantly speaking to God, you know, and when we're driving our eyes are closed, please God know, you know, but, and talking, but it's knowing that we are in the presence of God and we are speaking or we have access to talking to him and to listening to him. If I were to drive down somewhere to Albany, for example, and my wife were to be sitting next to me, we are able to talk all the way. Hopefully not. But, you, you know, but we have access because we're in one another's presence. And so I speak, she listens. She speaks, I say, yes, darling, uh, I listen. <laughs> you know what I'm saying. We have access to uh, one another. And as we drive, and, we're, and that's how it is with prayer, that we have access to God. We're constantly speaking to Him, and we have access to Him. Not only speaking to Him, but we are also listening to Him. Because He speaks to us, and we need to listen. And Paul says, thirdly, that we need to give thanks. In every circumstance. And when I'm disgruntled, you know, and say, God, you've lost the point there. God, you've messed this one up. Then, you know, I'm basically saying, God, you're not part of my life anymore. And so point number one, keep rejoicing, praying, being thankful uh, is what he's telling us. Because as we walk in the spirit, that's what it means to walk in the spirit. Secondly, keep the fire of the spirit burning in you. Keep the fire of the Spirit burning in you. It says that in verse 19. Do not quench the Spirit. And that word quench, uh, the Greek word zvenimi, means to extinguish or allow it to go out. 
Paul is serious about this because all you need to do to allow it to go out is nothing. All you need to do to allow it to go out is nothing. And folk, we know that fire is a symbol of the Holy Spirit in the New Testament. And when we listen to the Holy Spirit and we obey Him, then we keep the fire burning. But when we disobey Him, then we begin to zvenimi. We begin to extinguish the fire. Now, when you go on a trip uh, and you've got a torch and you're going on a march at night, you want to make sure that you've got enough, what we call juice, in that torch, power in that torch, so it cannot let you down halfway. Why is it with spiritual matters, we're happy to give God second best and happy to accept second best? When it comes to the things of the Spirit, we should be on fire for Him. We should not be even thinking about quenching the Spirit. And folk, it's so easy to allow the, 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 the things of this world to lead us away. And so Paul writes and he says, listen, when the Spirit prompts you, make sure you obey, or else you will slowly begin to quench the Spirit. For example, if God uh, prompts you by His Holy Spirit uh, to go and encourage somebody via text or via email, make sure that you obey the Holy Spirit. Because that person might be going through an interesting time, but that word that you give them, that word of encouragement, and the word encouragement in the Greek means to breathe fresh heart into somebody. Wow, it comes at the perfect time, and you breathe fresh heart into somebody by the Holy Spirit, and that person is encouraged again. Perhaps uh, God prompts you to share your story with somebody, the story or your testimony of what God has done for you or is doing in your life. Obey the Holy Spirit there and share your story. Uh, perhaps God is prompting you to give something to somebody. Obey the prompting of the Holy Spirit because slowly as you disobey, you slowly begin to put the fire out. Yeah? When we say, oh, never mind, you know, maybe it's not, you know. Folks, it's not a movie where, you know, you hear the, the main character say, well, when I came around the corner, there was a voice on my left shoulder that said, go left. And the voice on my right shoulder said, go straight. No, when the Holy Spirit speaks, you know that it's the Holy Spirit. And what you do is you obey. Or else we slowly begin to quench the Holy Spirit. Eventually, you know, we put it out. Thirdly, listen to the preaching of God's word respectfully. Because it's good. No, because it's the word of God. Because it's the word of God. Paul writes in verse 20 and he says, Do not treat prophecies with contempt. And the word prophecy, folk, um, is greatly misunderstood today. Because we often think that it's fortune telling or, or consulting this magic ball and allowing you know, somebody to see into the future. You know, predicting things. Uh, what nonsense that is, I suggest to you. There are people with a gift of prophecy, but they say, thus saith the Lord. Remember in the Old Testament, a prophet, prophetis, pro, to go forward, it's a preposition, and fitis, to fitepsi, means to plant. Thus saith the Lord. And they never spoke from first imaginations. They spoke from what the Word of God said. And it was done orally because they never had this big book that we have. Praise God, today we have the Bible. And when we speak the Bible, we open it up. Today, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 16 to 24, we open it up. And guess what? Thus saith the Lord. We take the Word of God. We exegete it. We take out what it says. We don't put in what it does not say. But how will you know if you don't know the word of God? And so God 
speaks through his word. The great New Testament scholar F.F. Bruce said this way, declaring the mind of God in the power of the Spirit. Where does that come from? Well, it comes from the New Testament. Before orally, but now we read and God speaks through his word. And friends, there are many who have the habit of saying, oh, I don't need to go to church, I don't need to hear. And I know there are great sermons on the internet. But folk, we come together so we can receive, but also so we can give. And that's why we need one another. It's easy to stay at home, but it's hard to hug the computer. It's hard to allow the computer to hug you. We need one another. We need one another when we're going through a hard time for us to pray for one another, for us to minister to one another, for us to share the goodness of God and breathe fresh heart with one another, to remind one another of the promises of God that he will never leave me nor forsake me. That he will never leave me nor forsake me. And that's the truth. There is a lot of junk that comes across our desks through email and, and junk prophecies and all the rest. And because we're so gullible, we forget about them. You know, and we want to believe them. I think one of the most gullible people in the world are Christians. Because, oh, the end is happening. Oh, the end is near. Well, it is near. So constantly be looking out the window because God is on his way through the return of the Lord Jesus Christ on this earth. But friends, in the meantime, let's not forsake the gathering together so we can bless one another and add value to one another and know the promises of God are real and we need to remind one another of those things. Fourthly, test everything through God's word. We read that in verses 21 and 22. He says, uh, Paul says, but test them all. Why? Because there were people going around who were talking nonsense. Just as there are people today going around talking nonsense. He says, hold on to what is good. Reject every kind of evil. Some beautiful um, words that Paul gives us there. He says, test. Dokimazo is the word. Approve, discern, examine. Now, how will you know how to examine, and what is the plumb line? Well, here's the standard, the Word of God. We know that something is right or wrong according to the standard that God gives in His Word. Folks, this is our final authority. Not what pastor so-and-so said. Not what prophet so-and-so said. Here is our final authority in the Word of God. My first year at Bible college, we were from different denominations. And we believed in this and others believed in that. And, and we were all kind of, we weren't arguing. There was healthy debate, discussion. Because Christians don't argue, by the way. You know, and, and so, and our principal said, show me from the book. Show me from the book. It's amazing what a cup of tea or coffee and a Tim Tam and the book can do as we sit around and talk about the word of God. Test them all, he says. Approve what is right and wrong. Then hold on to what is good. That word hold on. Retain it. Seize it. Gave this example last night and I haven't thought about another example. But you know when a cat sees a struggling mouse, it doesn't go, hmm, I'll let you go. It seizes it. It pounces on it. That's what Paul is saying. Hold on, retain, keep what is good, what is healthy what is valuable and better. Hold on to that. Then he says, reject 
every kind of evil. Refrain from it. Stay away from it. In fact, that word is the opposite of keep. Get rid of every kind of evil. The word evil there, uh, poniros, is a person that is hurtful and diseased. They're sick. They're diseased in the sense of spiritual sickness. Get rid of that in your life. Get rid of that in your life. And so we must be careful, you know, that when these emails come across our table and saying the end is kind of happening tomorrow or 2022, well, friends, that's very interesting. Because at the bottom, if you want to give more money, just, uh, you know, uh, put it in this account. That's junk. Remember about a year ago, uh, how many false people uh, came around and, and said that the end is near COVID, it's the beginning of the end. Well, it might be. But I'm reminded of the words of Jesus in Matthew uh, chapter 24. He says, no one knows what the day, about the day or hour, therefore keep watch. Keep watch, because you do not know on what day your Lord will come, so you also must be ready. Because the Son of Man will come at an hour when you do not expect Him. In fact, that's important. That's important. That we keep watch. That word watch there, rigoreo. Uh, keep awake. Be vigilant. We know that the Lord is coming. Let us constantly be looking out the window, metaphorically. He's on His way. He's on His way. And whether He comes today or next week, I know that now is closer than it was before. And so I'm constantly keeping watch. I'm examining the spirits. I'm praying. I'm uh, rejoicing. I'm being thankful. I'm, you know, not quenching the spirit. I'm, I'm uh, you know, in God's word and, and growing in the spiritual matters. And so with all of that in mind, I begin to realize that I'm in the right place. And I'm in the right um, relationship with God. Not only am I in that relationship, but the intimacy of that relationship. And so I begin to, to uh, not be gullible and not get drawn into junk. I am able to test the spirits because I can smell a pigsty from a distance. I don't need to get into it to see it's not good for me. I can see it and I can smell it from quite far away. We begin to filter everything through the Word of God. Dr. Paul Brand um, was speaking at a a medical college in India, and he said in, he quoted Matthew 5, 16, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father, which is in heaven. In front of the lectern was an oil lamp uh, with its cotton wick burning from the shallow dish of oil. And as he preached, the lamp ran out of oil. Um, the wick burned dry, and the smoke made him cough. He immediately used this is an opportunity to share a story. He says, some of us here are like this wick, he said. We're trying to shine for the glory of God, but we stink. That's what happens when we use ourselves as the fuel of our witness rather than the Holy Spirit. Wicks can last indefinitely, burning brightly and without irritating smoke if the fuel, the Holy Spirit, is in constant supply. Charles Spurgeon, the great prince of preachers, said it this way. Without the Spirit of God, we can do nothing. We are ships without the wind, branches without sap, and like coals without fire. We are useless. Folk, I think 
the first place uh, of recovery, if you like, is to acknowledge that we are in desperate need of God. We need Him every hour. We sang about that. And to constantly come back, because by just doing nothing, that fire can slowly go out. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for your word to our hearts. Thank you, Lord, that you have a plan and a purpose for each and every one of us. Lord, as we keep that fire burning, Lord, you begin to reveal more of who you are to us. And so we pray that you will fill us afresh by your Holy Spirit, Lord, that we will not run dry. Lord, we are desperately, desperately in need of you. Like a, a person that is ill, that needs a doctor, Lord, we need you. Fill us, make us healthy, we pray, for your honor and for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Folk, if you have these fancy little gadgets, uh, I want to just share devotion with you as we have communion together. Paul wrote to Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verses 6 to 10, and he writes these beautiful words. For this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God did not give you a spirit of timidity, but a spirit of power, of love, and of self-discipline. So do not be ashamed to testify about our Lord, or ashamed of me, his prisoner, but join with me in suffering for the gospel by the power of God who has saved us and called us to a holy life. Not because of anything we have done, but because of his own purpose and grace. This grace was given to us in Christ Jesus before the beginning of time. But it was now revealed through the appearing of our Savior, Christ Jesus, who has destroyed death and has brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. And friends, he writes, and he, up front he says, uh, I want to remind you to fan into flame. Uh, that word there um, in, in the Greek is one word. Anazopireo. Ana, it's made up of three words. Ana, preposition meaning up. Zoe, life. And pireo, where pyro, fire. And he's saying, I want you to kindle up or rekindle or inflame your mind, your strength, and your zeal again. In other words, invite the Holy Spirit to come and fill you again so you can be on fire, fan into flame once again. We know that Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, the Last Supper, he took bread. And after giving thanks, he broke it and he said, this is my body given for you. And that's why we have the bread, which is a symbol of the body of Christ given for us to reconcile us back to the Father. But also, he took up the cup, said, this is the blood of the new covenant. In other words, the, the new, something fresh, something new. And as we eat of this bread, symbolizing his body, and drink of this cup for the forgiveness of our sins, we're able to re be rekindled. We are able to be inflamed once again on fire for God 
in our strength, in our mind, in our spirit, so we can glorify His name. Let me pray and then we'll eat and drink together. Father, thank you for your words to our heart. That just as you spoke through Paul to Timothy, that we are to fan to flame the gift of God, the presence of the Holy Spirit, Lord. We want to do that this morning. Thank you for your body that was given for us. Thank you for your blood that was shed for us for the forgiveness of our sins. Thank you for the great gift of the Holy Spirit that you have uh, bestowed upon us, Lord. We thank you and we give you glory this morning. Our prayer, Lord, is that you will rekindle us. That you will come and fill us afresh with your Holy Spirit for your honor and for your glory. So you might be glorified. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen. Let's eat and drink together. We hope you enjoyed this podcast brought to you from Mount Pleasant Baptist Church. Our prayer is that what was said today inspires you and strengthens you in your faith. If you would like to talk to someone about what you've heard today, you can contact the team during office hours on the number you can find on our website at mounties.org.au. Thanks for joining us. We look forward to having your company again soon. God bless.